Oh fuck! I forgot about this. <laughs> That's how I like to start my podcast. <laughs> oh shit, oh, mate! It's you. Oh no! A note I made. Um, uh, mate, I was browsing through the BFI library the other day, as I have every right to do. As a citizen. As a citizen, our taxpayers pay for that place, and it's about time we started getting our fair share back. And it's going to start with eye candy. Probably you got to you got to get Michael Gove out of the the archives there. <laughs> you got to get him out of the archives and back to work. And that's what I was doing there. But just whilst I was there, I had a look through the uh, the shop. Mm. Very lovely little shop they have at the uh, British Film Institute. I oh, shouldn't yeah. take for granted that people, uh, you know, understand. You have to be a little bit in the know to understand the uh, the BFI. But there's <laughs> and, a shop there. Yeah, it's the big the big fiendish investment. Mm-hmm. And it was what? pretty much what it's been to me. So, yeah, I went to the shop, which stands for Supervised Hospitality uh-huh. of Pensioners. Pricks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, pricks, that's it. Pricks. Six of one, three yeah, dozen of one. the other. So I, I was there, and I noticed that there was a little horror store set up selling things like Ooh. the Wicker Man Blu-ray. Ooh, because lovely. a lot of people come to the BFI to buy the Wicker Man Blu-ray, which incidentally is getting a 4K screening in cinemas for one day only, and it's the summer solstice, which is quite fun. Ooh, fantastic. Don't go to Stonehenge. Appar- apparently, uh, from, from <laughs> modern accounts of going to Stonehenge on the solstice, cunts ruin it. So, Yeah, that sounds about right. I'd ruin it if I were a cunt. Which are not, be top to of the be clear. Wish list, mate. Which I'm not. Yeah, you're, Come on, you're top notch. I'm actually spiffing. Um, but I tell you what was there. Oh yeah. Uh, not cunts ruining everything except me. Uh, there was a book. Uh-oh. There was a book about a man, highly irregular, a wonderful nam named Norman J. Warren, and this book was on mm-hmm. prominent display mm-hmm. in the middle of this table. It was just up, and it was there, and there was lots of copies, and they had the cover. And it was like, I can't remember what the book was subtitled. It's something like a British horror legend. Book. And I was like, I know that name. It was subtitled Book. And I thought, I know this man. I picked it up. Mm-hmm. It is the man who directed two of the Gorga House, the Gore House greats, <sighs> Terror. And um, what was the other one? The one that was the other part of that, that sequence. The one about the girl whose parents died in a car crash minutes away from the house she was driving to. Oh. Um, and then... The devil is that no. is that the Michael Goff one? No, it's not the Michael Goff one. Yes, it is the Michael Goff one. This is the guy who got Michael Goff to buy all the chips. Well, I feel like if somebody <laughs> named Norman J. Warren came up to me asking for a penny, I'd I'd end up with a bag of chips for him. You'd end up with buying him all the chips he wants so he can direct the great films. Satan's Slave, that was called. Oh good, yes. So and he also directed in Seminoid, which we haven't gotten around to yet, but has come out quite a bit during the research because it's, it's called Inseminoid. It's, defi- it's definitely in the public conscience, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's definitely been dropped a few times. So, yeah, I'm just very pleased that the BFI is celebrating the life of Norman J. Warren with this very glossy book, and I hope to purchase it and then share all of its secrets, uh, potentially, in the Patreon. I'm very glad, too, and I hope you purchase it. Um, <laughs> and spend time reading it. Yeah, and then just digest- pricey it for me, if anything, and then we can do an... Uh, an even shorter version on the Patreon and fill the rest with dick jokes and maybe that porn AI. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Um, I'm looking forward to the porny Christmas treat this year. I feel like it's going to be so advanced that it'll actually be able to actually write our responses as well. And, and you know, maybe just... will mostly be... <laughs> yeah, just record for us and do the whole the whole thing, really, from beginning to end. Edit it. Gotta hope so, mate. I really need some sort of AI to step in and start managing some of all this so that I can get back to working down the mine. My true dream. My true dream.
welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that is that is act the podcast that actually is psychopathically delusional. I'm actual Jesus. I'm Sir Fuckhead, and I'm always there. <laughs> That's the best thing about Sir Fuckhead, being there for you. Hal Ashby's being there for you. Oh. That was the sequel. Oh God! Well, I'm already out of my depth. I'm leaving. <laughs> well, speaking of being out of your depth, the journey through recommendations country continues Uh-oh. through the blighted hellscape of Judge Dredd and into the horrific, horrific metropolis. But who beckons as thus? <gasps> Why, it's Jenny Sones, wonder fan. It's Jenny, Jenny Sones. Fan of many cities, many states, many stories. Um, has done more work fan. on this podcast than I have, arguably. And, uh, and this continues today. <laughs> In her earnest efforts... To keep us afloat. God bless Jenny Sons, because, yeah, she's invited us to follow the light of an intrepid a- orbit by charting Adrian Chelly's sudden Manhattan. I'm just trying to help you escape your fate. What is my fate? Horrible torture and then death. That was a little better. No, it wasn't that at all. Ah, well, it was sudden. Ah, oh, tell you what. Oh, I prefer my Ma- Manhattan to ease into me. I like my Manhattan like I like my man. Hatton. <laughs> I like my cities like I like my man. Hatton. Hatton. The answer's got to be Hatton. So work backwards from that. There's a joke in there somewhere, yeah. guys. If you could just write in. I'm insane. Somebody if, if please section me, Hatton. Tell you what. Let's uh, run it through the um, run it for the AI. Oh I'm yeah. Sure okay. Polish all this up for us. The film is written, directed, and starring by Adrian Shelley who was principally an actress known for her work with Hal Hartley, mm. uh, which I believe is what brought this to Jenny's mind, because we mentioned Stuart Lee's mention of Hartley a few weeks ago, so that kind of Fantastic. nudged the sudden Manhattan loose in her head. Did we now? I don't remember that, but uh, <laughs> I'll remember the joke, no doubt. <laughs> no reason to remember that, mate. I can't, I oh, can't remember names of, um, of artists whose art I've not <laughs> imbibed. Or imbued. No, it becomes tricky. It becomes tricky. It's one of these, I think, known unknowns. Because mm. you know you don't know it. But that's always going to take secondary priority to known knowns at this stage. And it is only one wank away from unknown unknowns, in my mind. So It really is. I... It, it slips away so very, very easily. What with the chronic wanking and the time schedule devoted to such. Uh, she also did mm. some TV work and wrote and directed some more movies... The best of which is apparently 2007's Waitress, hmm. which came out sort of posthumously, yeah. um, and is the basis of the West End hit musical that you've uh, potentially seen adverts for. I have here in London. There's a lot of Waitress stuff, and apparently that's based on that movie. Oh, fantastic. I uh, haven't seen that in Melbourne yet. It doesn't mean that it's not playing. Uh... I just haven't traversed the more, the more boho the- theatrical avenues. But you're so big on the Melbourne theatre scene. Like me personally, yeah. My works, yeah. my works and reputation precede me. Um, they do. Like None of them have been staged yet, but everybody knows this because no theatre is brave enough. Pretty much all of them hacks, and I've burned down a lot yeah. of them. So, yeah, yeah. which just yeah, even Same the ones thing. that agreed to stage, especially the ones that agreed to stage your stuff, which does make it yeah, very the... difficult to get the good good I'm, press. I mean, I'm not being funny, but. I, I'm not going to fucking put them on show. People will see them then. <laughs> see them, my ideas. <laughs> what kind of idiot do you think I am? What if Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, cute... there? <laughs> cute fact. She met her husband on Match.com in 2001. Early adopter. Wow. Jesus. She got right in there. There was a Match.com. 
Yeah. Took t- 12 minutes to load OE profile. Ah, <sighs> but uh, yeah, horrible fact. She was tragically murdered in 2006 under bizarre circumstances. Yeah. Um, which, you know, eventually came out and the uh, correct person ended up going to jail. But mm. her legacy lives on. There is the Adrian Shelley Foundation, which gives money to artists, and the Women Film Critics mm. Circle gives out the Adrian Shelley Award uh, to the film that most passionately opposes violence against women. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the last winner was Women Talking, of with course. the runner-up, she said. Oh, so brilliant. It's good stuff there. That is good. Oh, well, he wasn't in from Nasty Time, though, and that's the critics, because they received the film, but they all went to the trouble of stalking it and then didn't even go in. Oh. Going dry, that's my motto. Mr. It's it's the opportunities you you didn't even take. It's the shots you didn't take that bother you later in life, you know. Uh, Stephen Holden, uh, the New York Times mm. said, "This feels like a movie trying to work its way out of a chronic depression by snapping its fingers and pretending to be having fun. Few in the audience are likely to be fooled." Henry fooled. That was another Hal Hartley oh, thing. Uh- but also. What a masterful way to disguise a depression by snapping your fingers and pretending to have a fun time. Yeah, now hold on a minute, hold in a minute, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Holden minute. Yeah, I didn't think of anything to say after that. I was just quite taken with the pun. It was very good. Um, I, I well. kind of agree, and also agree with you, Sol. As it's, <gasps> I mean, I, I feel, I feel like that's what TikTok's there for. Uh oh! Spoiler alert, people. We're going to come around to this. <laughs> spoiler alert uh, on your own mental everyone. health issues. Everyone. <laughs> Uh, not everyone is as cold and dead as Stephen Holden. Oh, good. Oh, we've both given the game away. As the uh, New York Times... Mm-hmm. Sorry, not everyone is as cold and dead as Stephen Holden at the New York Times, though. Oh. Uh, Alison Macor over at the Austin Chronicle says, oh, Shelley's place. knack for translating quirkiness to the screen extends well beyond her acting talent. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Gotta appreciate that. Oh, you know the her, public, on the other hand... Alison Macor at the Austin Chronicle is clearly living the best kind of life that we can live. Semi-charmed. Uh, public, meanwhile, loved it and weren't lying or stealing or stalking it. What? Bionic Walker on Letterboxd said in a three-star review. Kind of gothic? Oh, okay. I, there's a brief okay. delay when I thought you were referring to the star the star rating. Huh? Pretty gothic. Pretty goth, mate. Pretty goth giving things three stars. That's like the ultimate goth expression of admiration. <laughs> mm, three stars. Marilyn Manson was notorious for it. <laughs> Oh god! Well, the film has sixty-seven percent based on six reviews, six point one on IMDb. That's a lot of sixes, and three point three on Letterbox. So, yeah, pretty much three stars across the board. Across board, it's like it's like across the pulled. It's like Iron Man, like a circuit board. Hmm. Don't know what one of those is, mate. Nah, never needed one. Never needed one out here on the beach life. (laughs) What's up, all you Gertie? I don't want any more goddamn poi. <laughs> What's one thing about Sun Manhattan that made you want to kill people by running them down in the street? I tell you, mate, eggs and shakers are sickly meal. And if it's, oh! if it's gonna, one thing that's going to make me want to gun down people in a horrific killing spree, it's it's yeah. it, it's a combination of of sickly fatty dairy and sickly fatty um eggs aren't, eggs eggs ain't dairy, mate. I'm fucking going on about eggs are dairy. Eggs aren't I think dairy. Eggs are dairy. Eggs ain't dairy. Like... They're like. They're in the dairy aisle a lot. They're spending a lot of time hanging around a dairy, mate. Well, in in in, in the, the Woolworths, lost cause. In the Woolworths, I go to tofu is always in the dairy aisle on that on that technicality. Yeah. So, I, I suppose in as much as they don't have anything to do with the mammary glands of mammals. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the main thing excluding them from being dairy, eh, mate? Ov- ovoid. I don't. Know. 
Eggs. They're ovoid, they're hard, they just don't have a lot in common with milk. No. Ovoid, they're hard. Not very much. You, you get them if you play your cards. Right. That's breakfast. Oh, yeah, mate. Get your hand on them eggs. Oh, get your hand on them eggs and go to Old Trafford for a football chant. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, before we do that, before we get into Old Trafford and all of its deeds, mm. I think maybe that we should consider and think about and then reenact in our own ways mm-hmm. in the toilet mm-hmm. uh, the events of sudden Manhattan. Oh, okay. Let's do that now. Well, there's a voiceover, Paul. No reason to get out of bed. No reason to brush my teeth. No reason to wash my face. One, two, three, four and five on his forehead. Six, seven, eight. Eight zits. One less than yesterday. What happened to the missing zit? Where'd it go? Huh. One zit less. Just make sure those numbers match the numbers that Henderson gave Carlson in the first quarter. Just make sure those numbers match the numbers that Henderson gave to Carlson. Very important that those numbers match. Play right. Eats macaroni and cheese for every meal. Likes women. <gasps> I love voiceovers. The end. What's this one saying? Is it about? Is it about a mystical kingdom and various Ooh. keys that need to be secured? Kind of. It, yeah, it's, oh, I hope so, it, it's telling us a story uh, that predates the original story um, that sort of puts Adrian Shelley's origins on some distant alien planet. And Sean Connery is there. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I love it already. Oh, and how, how could you go wrong from there? You can't, as far as we're concerned, listen back to a couple of our episodes. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, Adrian Shelley's playing Donna and she's a neurotic, um, sort of Uh-oh. fantastic. <laughs> not fantastical, fantastically She's imagined. She's a fantastical, wonderful magic woman. As all women are And to me. yes, as they all are, they're wonderful especially divine creatures. And, yeah. and oh, oh, especially they. Oh. We all know we've got a taste for it. Yeah, she wanders around. She is receiving flowers. She's doing quirky things like receiving yeah. flowers from a uh, slightly pervy admirer that we don't mm. know yet, but we get the voice. An Englishman, And we though. know an Englishman. So to. you know this is going to be... Absolutely horrific and terribly awkward. I want to love you in any way you want me to love you. Please. Name the way. Uh, no. Just want to hold you, please. No holding. <laughs> she try not to think about Just like that. Like all Englishmen. Yeah. She 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 gets um strange sort of presentiments of uh you know th- th- things rumbling like her breakfast. The aforementioned sickly eggs and shake meal. Um, oh yeah, that's that's a, that's a rumbling, rumbling, and she tries to draw attention to Those it. Those are some noisy eggs. Them some noisy eggs, yo. She says, and uh, everyone says, <laughs> "Oh, you're sick, mate." Got He's no no room for you in this town. Get out. Uh, and and yeah, they don't like it much. No, for good reason, I say. Stay in your lane. <gasps> um, oh, there's some sort of villain here, and I don't know who he is. <laughs> He's an Englishman, it. but uh, it might not be Roger <laughs> Reese. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, then that's literally worthless. That's the only one I'm willing to accept at this stage. Anyone, he or anyone he plays, like... Um, Tulsa Looper. Rupert Everett. Or Tulsa Looper. He, yeah. played, he, do, he could play a Rupert Everett, actually. Like a latter years Rupert I feel Everett. like he could be Rupert Leverett. Rupert Leverett. So, yes, we've, Rupert let's, let's get off the premise. Um, let's get off this fucking actual... nonsense merry-go-round that is our lives. Let's get off this merry-go-round that is our dwindling consciousness... As hay fever gradually infects my sinuses and brain. Fantastic. Yeah, she goes for a little wander yeah. about and encounters some things, some strangers, and mm. has some sort of things. It's, and it's all very quirky and silly until she witnesses a murder. Uh oh. That's what New York is like. 
It's all a good deal of fun until eventually someone gets gunned down directly in front of you. And that's when you find out who you really are, who you yeah. really are fucking are. Schizoid, apparently, according to this film. She uh, has no idea whether or not she saw uh, she <gasps> saw the murder happen. So she goes to hang out with her friend, Princess Bubblegum. You know, I, mean, I just can't, you know. He's an asshole, Georgie. He's a complete and utter asshole. Donna, why is it you always know how to make me feel better? Oh, yes. <laughs> she hangs out with her friend and then she also like has a run-in with a man a man adam the mannest of all mans mandom <laughs> she hangs out with the mandom and uh things get pretty shizzled yeah so she ends up sli- kind of sleeping with him except he he struggles in that department performance anxiety or some sort of functional uh functional issue and his response to that is to read some dostoevsky well that never works it doesn't matter. Oh, of course not. You want to read some Dostoevsky? Sure. Yes, because he's got indie movie penis, which is a terrible yeah. uh, affliction. It's too quirky. It's always zigzagging. And um, yeah, yeah um, but that's not the end so, of their story. So let's... No, not yet. You're going to find out more. And speaking of things you will eventually find out more about, she goes to class. Uh-oh. Which is being run by a certain Mr. Tollslooper, Everett. <laughs> Rupert Level Up. Uh R- Rupert Level Up, who is flirting with her pretty heavily. And is infatuously in love with her. Oh my god, he is so infatuous. He's infatuosity, and it's yeah. it's it's gratuitous. It's infatuous. Gr- it's gratuitous. It's flatulous. And it's definitely yeah. treacherous, I would say, um, cons- considering the, the naivete of society. Yeah. Um, uh, but that- it is at this stage, I think, that she hangs out with her friend, Princess Bubblegum. Mm. And uh, what's his name? A uh, blo- uh, indie Blake. movie penis shows up. <laughs> you, me, and everyone we know shows up, and um, <laughs> he uh... he shows up, and they have a bit of an interaction there. Yeah. Um, that culminates in more disappointing sex. More I know f- that Princess Bubblegum tries to come onto him. Yes, quite. I think they also then try and have a fuck. They do, they do also well try and have him. a fuck, and it again doesn't work. And I think this time he opts for Tolstoy. Uh... <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Some there's some abstract which scenes, point... which is which is all very good. Um. Just well, imagine we that. that. It's so much like Tolstoy, really. Pretty much. In fact, this whole thing is. It's incredible. So she goes off to fight in the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, but on her way back, she witnesses the same murder. What? What's that all about? Is this what you've got for us, Manhattan? Just, <gasps> there's just, like, just already, I feel day. like I've kind of seen everything Manhattan has to offer. Like, the murders are very samey. I, I think so. And I say this lightly, knowing that I'm, I'm probably just going to anger people. Just vary it, you know, Manhattan. Come on, guys. So she goes, she dips into a local grocery store where it turns out the guy is pretending to be a food inspector in order to get a bribe. Yeah, I don't know. The guy that she's been sleeping with. I I don't know whether or not, like, what layer this existed on. Was he actually a food inspector and took a bribe and just took a bribe anyway? Or was he doing it for the bribe? Because if you're doing it for the bribes, you're going to fail that test. He turns out to be a struggling actor eventually, mm. so I think he's just pretending to be things in order to get the money uh, so he can use to treat Adrian Shelley just right. Well, m- not that struggling then, because I oh, I believed him. Oh, yeah. I believe you. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, very talented actors can be struggling as well. I got your back, folks at home. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, we don't know what that's like, because we're mentally quite robust, but... Um... <laughs> we've never struggled with anything, and we've excelled at everything we do. I'm in. Sight and sound, just about. <laughs> just about. You're you're propping the door open. 
They keep trying to close it. I've written my name in it. Yeah. They kept trying to close it, but um, the sound makes a, a, a an endearing <laughs> sound. So they've sort of endured. It turns out they legally can't force me to leave. <laughs> I mean, they say right. they can, but I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's all we can do nowadays. Anyway, we're in- incredibly incredibly good shape mentally and physically so we, don't, we can't really <laughs> yeah guys oh my god yeah so we can't really relate to what's happening here but we like all critics do no. they just they just you know your their imagination lip. and suppose that someone like adrian shelley might exist somewhere, somewhere in the world so she goes he's a psychic that's the next thing to do what your guardian angel is named gommier patron of locksmiths invoke him in times of trouble your aura is mucky in the Gray family, a couple of freckles need some work. You see, you feel that you are not being loved the way you would like to be loved. Who is? My image of you in a past life is of a little Dutch boy carrying a pail of water up a hill. Watch the fuck out. Yeah. Watch out, bitch, she says. And then you jangles You might point. be in an indie movie, so be careful. Maintain a quirky, upbeat spirit and you'll probably be okay. Probably. If you can just throw in a couple of non-sequiturs. Cheese, yeah. she says. And she goes, ha, <laughs> get out. Great. You're going to make it out of yeah. this. I was in happiness, says the, the soothsayer. And that's the most terrifying thing uh, that we've had <laughs> she so gets the, She correctly gets the fuck out of there. And it's all very good. Yep. So she goes to the street and encounters the actor again. Only this time he's a hot dog man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What are these actors what could like? This possibly mean? Um, then she goes to a dinner party with princess bubblegum i feel like yep. and it's somewhat tense and awkward kind of tense very um very middle class waspy and uh and, love and that. also gotta love that situation cultural appropriation and then adam shows up again what is he like can't you just literally leave me alone? This guy? stop stalking me although this is quite romantic <laughs> look it's an indie movie so it's hard to read the signals <laughs> you are either eccentric or a danger have you seen eagle and... versus shark it's very hard to figure it out <laughs> I'm not prepared to hang around for long enough to figure it out. So she puts on a disguise and goes back to the diner mm-hmm. where she is hoping to scope out and sort of spot another murder and take some records, but it doesn't work this time. No. And is this when she finds out that Adam is a struggling actor? Yes, I believe so. And she goes back to the psychic about it, who is, continu- is continues to be somewhat menacing about everything. Mm. I don't remember a lot of what comes out of the psychic scene. She says, to be honest. Did, you, did you realize that, that Murphy, played by Roger Reese? Is in Cheers, she said. Oh. No, no, I, I absolutely didn't, she said. Well. Wait, Murphy is in Cheers, not Roger Reese. <laughs> I tell you, no, here's, here's a secret porn. Not a lot of people know this. <gasps> in films, the, the characters are usually played by what we call uh, actors. And, and, and it's see. like, this is their job to pretend to be other people. But that's not the case in this case, where, as you say, Murphy, played by Roger Reese, was in Cheers. Oh, no, that's completely unrelated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. This guy is just happens to be... He's also a struggling actor, and I think that's beautiful. So, yeah, she goes to the diner. Mm. She gets the headshot of the guy who keeps um showing up in her life. She's been the fucking um, head. Double and she's the murder the again. What? It's ridiculous at this stage. Pull the other one, mate. It's just... God, you, you, you really need to start going down a different street. It's desperate, to be honest. So, it's kind of... It's pretty unattractive. It's still attractive enough for me to it's, fuck. It's not, but... but I expect to be well, down. speaking of attractive enough to fuck, mm-hmm. at this stage she finds Roger Reese pulling off the ultimate gambit in terms of trying to seduce a woman. She's hi- he's hiding in her basement. Yeah, um, he, he does own the building. Begging her, he does own the building. So he, you know he can hide in the basement for as long as he likes, and it's entirely reasonable to do. You're allowed to in the UK. 
my landlord's still down there. That's what that's how and, one of my uh, old landlords used to fucking treat his role as landlord. <laughs> he'd just be there. He'd just he'd just walk in can... in the in the morning when we're all in bed and just check on a few things. Love it. Legend. Oh, just check on a few things. You got to check on a few. Yeah, things. it was a southeast Londoner though, so you never never questioned it. That is true. Not you uh, you never know what the fuck's going on. Oh god. She tries calling home and that uh, goes well, incredibly well. <laughs> Yeah, and at this stage, I think people converge on her apartment, and I start getting mixed nuts uh, flashbacks. Mixed nuts, including is definitely two in guys, moment. incidentally. Yes, <laughs> uh, there are two dudes: Andy Samberg, yes, and, and Andy Samberg, other man, Chris O'Donnell, <laughs> and um, uh, what's his name from uh, fucking Scream? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. We never watch sports anymore, and we hate them now. We figured it out. Somebody wins means that other people have to lose. And if anybody has to lose, then there's unnecessary pain in the world. And there shouldn't be any unnecessary pain in the world. Everybody should win. So we don't like sports. You like gardening. Excuse me. Yes. Matthew Lillard I also and got um, Andy Samberg. Yes. Massive. Oh, no, he looks more like Johnny Lee Miller actually looking at him now. Oh, my God. Yeah, spoiler alert, guys. I'm scrolling through the fucking movie whilst <laughs> we're talking about this. I didn't take any plot notes this week. And it shows. Does it, or or, because, or have you returned to your more your liberal roots, small old? I guess so, but it would have been nice to have said a joke in the last half hour. Well, sometimes Paul, we we sometimes we record these episodes and no jokes are forthcoming, and I think that says a lot about you know not our mental state does. because as I said they're robust, but just the the layers of the film and us trying to grapple with um with what might or might not have happened and in what order. I might. And what might or might not be happening inside of my sinuses. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's just... A fucking party and all the hate allergens are invited. Sometimes it's just the indicator of perfect mental health. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm protesting too much, but I really have to emphasize how, <laughs> how healthy we both are. Thank you for asking. Uh, the, I really think we need to stress the fact that we're not here to impress you, although we are. Yeah. And I really hope that we're succeeding, because my God, if we're not... And if, and if that yeah, sounded desperate... For naught. Yeah, then that says more about you... Actually, listeners, it so actually fucking check you your privilege, yeah. To judge us. I know, right? So at this stage, everybody yes, goes mate. to the psychic. Wonderful. They all go to the psychic and have a lovely big joint session, which <sighs> culminates sense. in some of them not wearing shirts. I didn't notice that when I watched this. I've got to be honest. Running around doing um, indigenous American impressions, which is all Love good. That. Doesn't... F- yep, that's, ex- yeah. that's extremely good. So, yeah, yeah, she, at this stage, decides to just go and fucking confront the guy because she feels like having a third act. <laughs> why not? We're only an hour in, for God's sake. <laughs> well, why not? Let's get the ball rolling. Uh, he's a bit weird and uh, mm. has two personalities and everything's a bit uncomfortable for a bit and then yeah. they run away. Yeah, and... the, mur- the murder did happen, apparently, a lot of times. Yeah, the murder was happening a lot. He was uh, cunningly disguising it as the exact same murder over and over. It was his favourite um, way of murdering is the thing. You know, we've all got one. It was. Um, and so she gives it a go as well and finds that it is quite good because she murders him. Yeah. And gets off with the bloke successfully this time, I think. Well, no. Maybe she... It's, he kisses her. He's very forthcoming about it. But then the next scene in bed uh, is all... Oh, disappointing again. Oh, maybe you could just trip yourself on his grey abs. We didn't mention his rippling muscular torsional abs that he had throughout this whole thing, guys. Oh, mate. But it was impressive. Tell you what, we flicked him in 1996. Still going. It's it's a new. Um, that sounds like some sort of um, customer assurance uh, model that you get in adverts. Like, um, we flicked every ab in this shop. <laughs> in 1996, fu- my daddy started this ab shop with a dream. 
And we guarantee to you, if you can flick one of our abs and hear a squeal, we'll give you the the money back. What is the shop? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Toys R Us. <laughs> went really wrong. It's Toys R Us. They've gotten into nasty, nasty stomach anatomy. Abatax. Uh, it's about time. It is about time. Ah, <sighs> well, that was sudden Manhattan. Yeah. It really was sudden. And and yet, for an hour and twenty minutes, Paul, it also felt Ooh. um perennial. Ooh. And and and, <gasps> and 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 that led to I mean that's a result of a fairly disorienting experience I found watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> it was disorienting. Mm, and disjointed. Very much that. I would say. Yeah. I have to say, I think I actually really like mm. this one. I really like the atmosphere of it. I think that um Adrian Shelley is really charming in the lead. I think it is funny, it's very cleverly written. Mm. It has the quirkiness thing, which I think might put some people off mm-hmm. at first, but I think on rewatches this is mm-hmm. only going to get better and more interesting. I have nothing to do. I never have anything to do. There isn't anything to do. Nothing needs to be done. I've not actually seen a Hal Hartley film, but based on some things I've watched of his work, it looks like it's fairly consistent, but this is dialed up a bit even further. Okay. So is it like Mixed Nuts? More, it, it's, it's not like Mixed Nuts. And I think the thing about Mixed Nuts is that everybody in that was... I think one great thing is I really enjoyed the tone of this one. Okay. Uh, people weren't yelling at each other. They weren't chasing yes. each other around. They weren't ridiculous, horrible caricatures. They were just kind of detached, mm. muted, and it ha- and it suited the sort of jazz score that the whole thing had. So I found it okay. just to be this kind of very ambient kind of experimental thing, which made me laugh and yeah. was endearing. I will find a good reason. Good reason to have clean teeth and a face. Here we go. Accepting life. Smiling to the world. Yeah, no, like I mean, had a nice time with it. No, I, I, I will say there's, there was a lot to like in it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. dislike this necessarily. Um, I found a, a good half of it was, um, it, it, it demonstrated certain flourishes or finesse, um, that I'll get into mm. in the quick fires. Just little turns oh, yeah. of phrase or jokes or just a, a really, you know, believable scene. Uh, between characters um i just yeah the the beginning especially it felt like a t-shirt with a witty quip on the front of it um that was Mm. being demonstrably quirky and i found that quite tiring whenever that that Mm. element came to the forefront and that's kind of what made this hour 20 movie drag a bit for me it was just it was a little jarring and it kind of ejected me from engaging with this movie on any sort of emotional or comedic level but then yeah i i think all of all like the the nature of this film being quirky it you know it does hinge it hinges on the performances and and the and the comedy yeah and it's just a case of a lot of the humor just didn't land for me although a lot of it did but it was quite it was quite easily split down the middle and the stuff that didn't land kind of it almost felt like that pause for pause for laughter thing um of we know we know we're telling you a joke and i think this is very funny and and it i felt i was being told that this is very funny at the same time but yeah it it had it had a lot to like it it had you know it's an unfortunate Mm. comparison based on the man but um it reminded me of um in like 70s and 80s woody allen at times yeah um it has that quality to it mm. but 
whoever sort of yeah more modern kind of Noah Baumbach kind of yes. feel to it as well, which obviously this would be an antecedent to. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean Noah Baumbach is a really good comparison actually because I find that I do mm. I can really really like Noah Baumbach and I can sometimes find mm. his movies insufferable, and this movie mm. sort of straddled the the line between those insufferable yeah. not insufferable but mm. was a bit much at times little too knowing perhaps yeah. because it is very early on it, it asks a lot of you in terms of whether or not you're on board with it mm. because it has this tone that it comes over with very much like detention um <laughs> and by by comparison it definitely flourishes yeah um you know we start off with these scenes it's very soft it's very you know sad it's very quirky but it's also i don't know just kind of wistful in a way that i sort of found it very easy to go along with yeah it's her waking up and narrating that she feels a lack of purpose. And we have mm. the lovely music and her sort of wandering around New York in what is sort of, I don't know, moments that reminded me of like a low stress Bo is Afraid, where everybody is <laughs> okay. sort of a slightly amplified version of themselves. And, you know, the dangers on the street are a bit silly yeah. and absurd. But in a way that I just found kind of absorbing. And I really enjoyed um, her camera work. I found it mm. very kind of naturalistic yeah. and sort of yeah just very subdued but in a way that just didn't feel it had no gloss to it whatsoever yeah it reminded me of um uh wonder this movie by like barbara loden okay Only that was that's even more sort of this sort of <laughs> infused with the sort of energy of the street and of rural spaces this film's obviously a bit more sentimental than that mm. but it's still it still really got me to where i wanted to be which was within her perspective yeah right and um it was one I could find a fair few points of relation at the moment. Lovely, yeah. No, it's there's there's definitely a a, a lot there. It, interestingly, mm. the music is one of the things I found a little grating because it, it to me it sounded oh. a little bit like stock jazz. Um, that oh no! Didn't rather than I mean it was rather than finding it, it was, pleasant. I found it a bit. Um, I th- I think I think it added to that feeling of working too hard to have everything be on the nose. Um, and I, I just feel like there, there's a lot of this film that I, yeah, I, I just think it should have kept a bit more close to its chest rather than expose so many of the ideas to air. And the voiceover, I, I liked a lot of the sentiments and the, the writing actually um, was pretty good. Um, mm. I think sometimes I wish the voiceover was just sparser. And, and and demonstrated a bit more in, in, in her going about. I think when she's sitting, there's a moment when she's sitting in the diner and when she's saying she has nothing to do and, you know, nothing to look forward to, yeah. I, I forget the line, but she's also writing it down on a notepad. It would have been more effective to me to just have that written down in an otherwise quiet scene in the, the diner. It would have been much more yeah. powerful for me. Um, and yeah, it's it's... It wasn't. It wasn't an unpleasant watch, and it wasn't. It wasn't difficult. It. It, it certainly, you know, wasn't even a fraction of uh, detention the other week, sure. which was which was really difficult um, for my, you know, yeah. in terms of my soul's integrity uh, to to sit through. Um, yeah. This this was relatively yeah, genuinely crazy. Yeah, this was relatively pleasant, um, but the be, being in this nice sort of equilibrium. Uh, those those moments that were a bit more forceful that I felt needed to be a little subtler, or just sort of mm. just gently pushing me out of the moment. I think I found that there was enough sort of mysteriousness around the sort of things that she was experiencing. Mm. There was enough sort of ambiguity around like why the breakfast is making noise and mm. what that could mean, and sort of 
you know, little things like that. In terms of the narration, I found I quite enjoyed it in terms of setting the tone. Mm. I found a better appreciation for narration lately when it does well to sort of set the kind of atmosphere of the piece. And I think it's so infused with her performance, Mm. which is this kind of sleepy, laid back, Mm. you know, kind of spaced out, detached quality to it. Um that I find that it's it really matched her kind of performance and the sort of languid camera movements and it just created this atmosphere that I found mm-hmm. very absorbing. Yeah, right. And I think it helped I, I watched it quite late at night, <laughs> sort of um after various things that are going on this week. Yeah. And I think it just had me in the right mindset and I kind of sank into it. Oh, and nice. I I watched it with my two flatmates, um uh, at least part of it, then they had to go to bed. But Amelia was talking about how she couldn't put her finger on it, but there was something that she just really enjoyed about it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. It has that quality to it, that slight je ne sais quoi. Hmm. That ich, ich, ich weiß das nicht. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> An ever so slight I didn't can. <laughs> Don't have a fucking clue, mate. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> quality to it. Yeah. And that is what really brought it home for me. Lovely. I'll tell you what else did. Oh. Big list of quickfires. Quickfire. Yes. Actually, yes. Don't you jump ahead, OG team. We've got a space for you. Yeah, you just wait your turn, OG team. We've got a little nook for you. Get in the the nook. We've got a little nook in it. Now now face the wall. You you can crawl and turn around at the same time. Face the wall of the nook. (laughs) Okay. Uh, my first two is just the music and the fact that Shelley is charming, so we'll keep, we'll take those. Lovely, I'll take <laughs> them. Put those out there. Um, I my first quick fire is I really like the scene with Murphy um, between Donna and Murphy, uh, Adrian Shelley and oh, yeah. Roger Reese, the actor. Roger Reese from the West Wing. Yes, Tulsa Looper himself. Uh, I keep saying yeah. this as if I've seen it. I just want to impress Paul, uh, but I really like their <laughs> scene. It, it really it's working, it, folks. <laughs> Yes. What was that? Wait. What was that, mate? <laughs> oh, something. Uh, was something about how my my new uh, body wash treatment is really working. Oh, fantastic! I bet it is. You look like you smell amazing. <laughs> I should do because I've got loads of like um, farmyard animals like gathered around me. Oh, yeah. That's what something that smells amazing does. <laughs> I've seen that for sure. But I really like the scene with um, <laughs> Donna and Murphy because the, even though the, the dialogue, there's like a an artifice there because they're playing this word game at the beginning of it but oh, even yeah. that feels totally natural if uh, and it feels like they've known each other for a while and and you know which they have in the movie um and there's actually a line in this where M- murphy is you know making advances once again i love you so much i can scarcely breathe <laughs> don't respond that and it's that yeah, lovely it's english really <laughs> double syllable vowel Child. Also, it just so beautifully sets up the idea that he's performing this grief, and it's very important for him to do so. Yeah. It's utterly unimportant what her response is to it. Yeah, she's just got to be the muse for him to be tragic about. Yes, please, please be this wonderful woman that I can, you know, <laughs> I can never fix have. and yeah, and and also <laughs> never have. Drop me pencil. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got that. Don't respond. Good stuff. Um, okay, I'll say the omelet looks good. Good looking omelette she gets served, I thought. It did look good. It looked good. It looked fluffy. I like a fluffy omelette. I, do you know what, Paul? I like a fluffy omelette. And, and I'm not afraid to say it. Omelet. And I don't care what that, that, what that earns me. 
they're very fond of these very thin crepe looking things but sometimes you just want a big fluffy fella sometimes you do and like even though I'd, I'd like a couple of slices of you know fairly crunchy buttery toast to go along with that oh. you, ne- you can't just have that egg and a shake it's it's far too sickly for england god damn it no wonder that america is... is utterly unknowable um it's it's still You're a good gonna get a l- very little done and you'll probably only end up investigating the murder you witnessed several days later if you have that kind of breakfast yeah you got it you got to balance those macros yeah. um when adam and donna are around their friend princess bubblegum's house um uh-huh. she ends up being you know, uh, Princess Bubblegum is heavily Xanaxed and she's an inch from his face and Adam is doing a wonderful, almost Broden Kelly-esque face <laughs> as, as as he abides her being close to him, which is wonderful. Amazing. Mm. Oh, I like the fact that when she's trying to find out if this um, murder has happened, mm. get any information, she's watching the news and the news reporter just says, no murders in Manhattan for a week. <laughs> Tomorrow's weather and some good news for New Yorkers. The NYPD is proud to announce that there has been no homicide in Manhattan for a full week. And everybody that's knows that nice that's and weird. Blunt and silly. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> the second hard cut to Donna and Adam making out was great because the first one, oh, yeah. uh, the first one I thought was sort of clumsily set up with um, her, yeah. him, apropos of almost nothing, um, reaching a hand out and touching her ha- her hand, and then it cuts to the sex. It cuts yeah. to the sex, uh, which is what I like yeah. to say. And um, but the second time, her Xanax friend leaves or lies down or something, and they share a bit of a look, and then it's a hard cut to making out, and that yeah. took me by surprise and got a little laugh out of me. <laughs> mm, you see, love that kind of thing. Um, I like it that when the boyfriend shows up at the house, I say the boyfriend when the you know love interest shows up at mm. the house. And takes a seat with Princess Bubblegum. The way she is just staring at him mm-hmm. is so sort of over the top, kind of amusing. Yeah. Um, that I yeah enjoyed that. Fantastic. Enjoyed the sort of obliviousness of it. That's cool. I was intrigued the second time Donna sees the guy shooting. Maybe think, Ooh, what are they? What are they exploring here? This is Kaufman esque. Ooh. Um, What's going on yeah. inside of this thing? I'm into this. They should do something like this, but about being John Malkovich, literally being him. They should do something like this, but about me. <laughs> John Malkovich, rip off my mask. Then we'll just have, I don't want any more poi. Yep, that's a good one. Here, darling, have some more poi. I don't want any more goddamn poi. That's a good line to yell. I did enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> that scene was, <laughs> that scene starts with a, a pretty good cut to that dinner party um, and Princess Bubblegum at the head of the table. And I liked them wishing her a happy birthday in presumably Hawaiian and the exaggerated, presumably traditional gestures that are performed by this waspy mum. Um, <laughs> oh, is a yeah. special kind of hell <laughs> to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. Oh, yeah. It's the law. It's just like everybody's least favourite scene in Le Eclis. Oh, mate, don't so- get me started on that. And the, uh, oh, that, that bloody scene ruins the whole affair. Fuck. It's just a man. Fuck you know. Antonioni, what are you playing at, son? You muppet. You fucking soppy muppet. You, you fucked that one, so didn't you? Muppet. What didn't are you, you doing? Oh, you know, don't you know this is a birthday party? <laughs> Croydon. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I liked it when she's trying to lie in yeah. the um, shop and she's just loudly yelling about doing music videos. Yeah. Because she wants the artist headshot, and she. Uh, music videos. I, I, I do music videos all the time. You know, he's got a great face for that. Um. I, I, I will. Uh, you know, yeah. 
cast him in a Miss, music video. Miss, and, you, you, you can't just... And, yeah. and he'll make a lot of money and he'll get credit, uh, Star Diner. <laughs> yeah. That's quite good. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> the line. I had just witnessed a murder. And you didn't say anything? Well, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe I'd made it up in my mind. Are you normally psychopathically delusional? No, I'm just going through a bad stage. Right. Delivered very matter of fact as she's trying to describe uh, having seen the murder again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I like that. I also like a line of hers when um, I think it's something like oh, she asks what what he wants to do. I can't maybe even mm. remember who it is. Uh, but he replies that he just wants to live in like desperation forever, and she just replies. Problem is, I don't really want to die. Just want to suffer. Well, good. Then everything's all set up for that. Just... Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like, great. There's nothing new needs to happen for that to that yeah. to go ahead. I do like the <laughs> delivery of that that line as well. Don't really want to die. Yeah. Just want to suffer. <laughs> I d- I did enjoy Adam when his failed sexual escapades result in him. Okay, let's read some Dostoevsky and let's read some Tolstoy, yeah. and then he just very dryly reads aloud. From a time, um, as if he's struggling slightly. It's, yeah, it's the uh, it, it is really like just inviting somebody up to show you their et- show them your etchings and then actually showing them the etchings. Oh, great. Um, I enjoyed the reveal that everybody is around the psychic's table. That was quite funny when because we see them march out, but then when it cuts mm. from the psychic to a wide and just every character we've met so far is just around the table. Oh, yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, that's cool. Um, when I think when Donna first calls the soothsayer. Um, she she's in a phone booth and she she's talking and establishing something. He's like, mm-hmm. and then oh, really, is it three o'clock in the morning already? Uh, which is is very it's very you don't really draw attention to it after that. It's a very nice detail and also the lack of sheer lack of surprise or care that it is actually yeah. three o'clock in the morning. She, and she's calling this person was really well performed. Yeah, I really like that. Mm. I think it's the question, um, are you the person who's, who murders people? And he just takes a beat and then says, yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Are you the Jacob who's been killing people by gunning them down in the street? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, yes, he is. Good. Case solved. Let's go home. When they first confront him, I quite enjoy that. And I, and I like the way he talks about his murders, like they're his favourite biscuit. Like, <laughs> what I really yeah. love to do is make them run <laughs> way as far as, they, fast as they can, and then I shoot them in the back. I love them. I love it. <laughs> Which is hilarious when we've seen it happen four times. Yeah. It's just such a great... Because there's no need to say it all like, all out, but no. yeah, doing so is a funny redundancy. No. Um, and I, I'll keep talking about this scene, and then I'll go back, because we're really jumping ahead of my uh, okay. my quick fire list. But Oh, no! Oh, yes. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh yeah. No. Um, it, he he oh. starts referring to his twin, also played by this guy as his sister, and the, like, the reality of the movie gets a bit screwy, so, you know... And um, yeah, he he you know refers to his twin himself as a as a sister yeah. and comes out, and then Adam immediately starts addressing them as ma'am, which is re- really endearing and respect like overly respectful yeah. of this guy. Um, it's kind of <laughs> cute. Oh, I have the line. Of- I had a best friend in grade school whose name was Donna, but then she stole my boyfriend and I killed her in the shed with a pitchfork. Um, <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. So. I, I really like the soothsayer in general. Delivery was very no frills and gruff. I can see how she ended up being in the film Happiness with um, the most yeah. unsettling Philip Seymour Hoffman possible. Um, Ooh, love that. 
and then Love that flavor of Hoff. Yeah, that flavor Hoff. And then when um, that's flavor Hoff kids. And then at the end, <laughs> Tony Flavorhoff. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Tony Flavorhoff. I know everyone. It's that good. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be that good. Uh, and she says, "Now for that special reading, you owe me seventy-five dollars." And Donna goes, "For the special mixed reading, you owe me seventy-five dollars." Seventy-five dollars. <laughs> As it like the alternative would be cents. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is good. Very nicely gets across the uh, fucking broke in Manhattan. She's so fucking Dang. broke. She's so fucking um, broke, son. Um. So yes, I. My last one, okay. as it turns out, Oop. is uh, when the guy is like doing these two personalities mm. and is coming back and forth between the room. This is stupid. How ridiculous is this? Gertie, Esau, Magda. He's the same person. He doesn't even bother to put a hat on or anything. It's just like, it would be more convincing if he put a hat yeah. on or something. <laughs> She's so disappointed just made a fucking effort. how rubbish this is. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I, I did like. There's not even a fucking hat I did like the part of the voiceover where she's repeatedly singing. I'm stuck in the vortex. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a fair amount. Oh, it, was, it was very sleepy and bored. It was the similar sort of effect as ASMR. It became a very pleasant thing to, to listen to over and again. Um, fair amount of her voiceover did that for me. Yeah. Very dreamy and kind of. Yeah. Nice. Um, noise. Well, when when noise when noise Donna is talking to Adam about the murderer, and and you know she's sort of frantically explaining that it's de- these murders definitely happened, and she's like, oh, I know what he looks like. Well, what does he look like? He has a beard, which I like uh, as a as an exchange. <laughs> yeah. And um, when one of the other soothsayer appointments ends, Donna has called herself Agnes um, uh, mm. to the soothsayer. And she goes, Agnes, that is quite a story. And Donna goes, my name's Donna. And the soothsayer just makes an, of course it is, face. <laughs> Which is really <laughs> shitty and great. Yeah. Um, That's good stuff. She then follows on to say, please leave, your face causes me great guilt and grief. Yes, I had that written down too. I couldn't remember who, who uh, said that, okay. but it's very yeah, good. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> um, when she comes across Murphy just sitting down in the cellar, he accosts her romantically and and in between all of his lines, she just gets out of, you just sit here, draw, really drawing attention to the ridiculousness of this supposed yeah. romantic moment in his head. Um, <laughs> and I'll, yeah, two more. Uh, I, I really liked the two guys Bubblegum Princess brings home. They played off one another yes. really well. They're, 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 they're quite sweet. Their dialogue, their duologue, where um, they're sitting on the sofa and just talking about all kinds of stuff. Is so well timed and 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 well, so well paced and delivered, and the I think the Johnny Lee Miller of the two has these wonderfully strange, intense, nothing faces after finishing a thought, after finishing like a supposed punchline, and they mention the this meditation center once or twice, and they're going to be bringing Princess Bubblegum there, and they try and encourage Donna to come along with them, and as the scene escalates, she she suddenly yells at the summit, shouting, and then one of these guys really quietly just goes. It's very quiet at the meditation center. <laughs> and it's it's very, very good. That's good. Um, it really made me laugh. That's a good line. And I'll, I'll finish with uh, the final line in the movie, actually. It, 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 oh. it ends with this, um, you know, another failed, um, failed intercourse or moment, as I like to a say. A failed intercourse. To the ladies. And 
she says she you know rips the book out of his hands and throws it and she says let's just talk about something instead and he says well what do you want to talk yeah. about she says just think of something mention it and i'll respond i promise i'll respond and i really liked that yeah. i really liked that line that was a very heartfelt um, that was really cute. very heartfelt, genuine line. Yeah, mm. it was lovely. It really just works so well with the charm yeah. that Adrian Shelley brought to the role. Yeah, so, excellent. A lot of positives. Well, that's pretty much all we've got. Yeah, let's move over to the OG team. OG team, team, team. Okay, right. <laughs> Jennifer Sons <Sotts laughs> says, "This is a film that I've had on DVD for many years, but save to enjoy rarely. Hmm. My most recent time was about two months ago. To paraphrase Dave Barry, it warmed shit out of my cockle. <laughs> Big trouble." No. Gotta love that. It seems impossible that it has made that it was made in 1996, as it truly feels timeless. The story of a person who is creative and too observant for their own good, trying to understand what the world is asking of them mm. and what they should be asking for themselves. Everyone tells Donna how to think or feel. It is easy to empathize with her tendency to give others what they want, while being adrift in her own mind. Time for red wig action. Um, the darkness of the story is tinged with humour and really does give me notes of Lynch this time around. Yeah. Especially the noisy eggs. Agreed with the noisy eggs. <sighs> yeah, when it's, it's noisy eggs. noisy eggs, I'm just thinking of Blue Velvet. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, the cast is also amazing. A pre-adventure time uh, Hinden Walsh. Mm -hmm. uh, Roger, we Roger Reese bringing impeccable comic timing, Tulsa. just like the Sheriff of Rottingham. Yep, huh? and the Sheriff of Rottingham. Yeah, the Sheriff of Rottingham. Uh, and Tim Gr uh, Guinea is just in everything now. It's in everything. Literally everything. That's everything. a hefty workload. That's that's uh, legally dubious. I'd be careful if I were you, Mr. Guinea. I would really be throwing, uh, careful throwing assertions like that around about Tim Guinea. Extremely litigious. Everyone should have their own Dom Dominga. But would anyone listen to her? My favourite scene would have to be the speech from Joe, where, whom Dominga brings in while he is taking out his trash. I couldn't find a clip but it is almost exactly an hour in and cuts oh god and cuts through all of their of the pretense nice. uh, and then the klezma thank you so much for enjoy for watching this strange little film and watch out for the dark magician uh oh oh god he's going to get you that dark oh. magician thank you very much jennifer Sons. thanks jenny but I'll tell you what jenny we've also heard from ellen gray oh what how does she have the time no she has no time, and yet she gives it to us. That's humbling. It's humbling. You never truly. give that back. And I think we all need to do some sort of treat for Ellen, uh, who says, I'll have to check this one out. I love Waitress yeah. and think it's such a beautiful, earnest, and creative film. It's a shame that she didn't get to make more. Yeah. And Jennifer Sons bloody replies to Ellen Graham as if we weren't even here in the room. Oh, God, I don't enjoy this. They might forget about us altogether. If they figure out for a minute that they don't actually need us to communicate with each other, we're doomed, mate. We're fucked. Doomed. We'd be fucked if they realised that. Fucked. Uh, Jennifer Stone says, mm -hmm. So glad that you know Waitress. It is lovely and fun, but this one really gets me deep in the feels. Hope you have a chance to watch it. Well, I hope that too. I also hope that. I hope everyone has a chance to watch it. And and, and to speak more... I the world watches this film. And to, yeah, and to speak more generally, I just... I want to say, hey, everyone... I hope you have a chance to watch it, and if somebody says, what's it? You just do, like, jazz hands. Well, you know, watch it. Just watch it, watch just watch it, it and you'll, you'll see. 
hey everyone, watch it. And you know who should watch it? It's Ellen and Jenny. Yeah. Because they are perennial members of the OG team. OG team, no benefits mentioned. <laughs> Let's check in with the one better thing. <gasps> That's us. Do it now. The one better thing. Who the hell what is the got? one better what thing here? What have you got? Um, well, this, obviously this you know preceded uh, like both of my one better things, and I feel like it does, you know, for, for mm. all my issues with it, it deserves, I think it deserves being seen because it is, yeah, it is as, uh, as Jenny said, and as Ellen, I imagine will say the predictable loser. Um, there is a, there is a lot to it and I can sort of see where, for example, lost in translation, despite feeling like a more oh. sophisticated version of, of, you know, uh, the film still presenting a woman lost in a society and a culture. I'm not talking about Japan. Um, just the society and culture that is sort of created around her and scrabbling for meaning. Um, yeah. Southern Manhattan duck its heels in in 1996 and should definitely be seen. Um, but also Good Luck to You, Leo yeah. Grand came to mind. Which, oh, yeah. um, a bit of a different tack, but written by Katie Brand, directed by Sophie Hyde, starring Emma Thompson. I have, men- have mentioned this a bit before, especially those sweet, sweet patrons. They've gone a little bit, yeah. little bit more. Um, but it's a sex positive and wry look at sex politics with a female gaze and the oft overlooked perspective of someone who has lived lived the life as opposed to um, Adrian Shelley's Donna, um, and you know already believe they've gotten to the point where they should have it figured out and missed their chance for a lot of self discovery. Very, yeah. very worth watching and came out. I was about to say yesterday, but if years were days, then yesterday. Motherfucking yesterday, mate. Mm. Um, my one is a slightly darker thing, but a similar situation of an actor who then had a shot at, took a turn at directing, and mm. it didn't get enough attention. Okay. It's certainly not the attention it deserved. And then she sort of died tragically young this time of breast cancer. And I mentioned mm. it earlier, and it is Barbara Loden's Wanda. Uh, okay. Um, Barbara Loden being, you know, a, a very accomplished actor, but as a director, often described as like the female uh, John Cassavetes, and just a mm. huge hitter. In the sort of 1970s American indie thing, I say hit it like I don't know how successful her film was at the time. Wanda recently made Sight and Sounds uh, top 100 list as well. It should. It's just an extraordinary film. It's it's just about a woman who doesn't, in a much darker way, she is dissatisfied with her life. She has already walked out on her husband and kids. She's gone home to meet her parents uh, to live with her parents for a while. But at the beginning of the movie, she sets out and ends up sort of falling in with this bank robber. Uh. Um. And so it's kind of this crime movie, but it's it's absolutely just the part of the crime movie you don't see. It's the parts mm. where they're in hotel rooms and, you know, they're just sort of dealing with the two characters and their personalities. And we're kind of getting a sense of what it is that she's attracted to and what it is she needs from this relationship. Yeah. It's like a dark Bonnie and Clyde. But, you know, obviously it's building up to this sort of one bank robbery and how that's going to go. And it's just it's, it's quite a dark film. And it's also just so poetic and beautiful mm. and lyrical and. Barbara Loden's in it playing Wanda as well as directing it, and her performance is so incredible. She's just playing a character that you don't make the center of a movie. Mm, okay. The sort of ditzy, means well, but is quite, like, unintelligent, but I don't mean that in a, as an insult. It's just a, okay. a, a thing about her, you know? Okay. And it's it's just not the kind of person that you would see as the center of a movie, but here it is, and it's just magnetic and beautiful and gorgeous, and there's something yeah. so unpretentious about the way that she shoots it that I think it's 
Yeah, oh, beautiful. Julia Marvel. So that's the one better thing. The one better thing. Thank you for. And it's not one better thing because you should definitely check out hmm. Southern Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, and Waitress probably, which I'm also going to try and do. Yeah, I, Ellen and Jenny both mentioned it, and I'm just going to um, appropriate that opinion it. wholesale yeah. without verifying it for myself. I'm smart. Yeah. Jenny in the context of a film that she quite likes, and Ellen is a, in the context of a thing she might do, which also includes anything you want. Oh, fantastic. I do think that Jenny in the context of a film she likes does sound like a film that you would like. <laughs> John, Jenny in the context. Jenny from the block and Jenny in the context is um, what I enjoy mm. from my musical acts. But people, how can people find out about our musical facts? Because we like to sing facts at people. It is amazing how much um, certitude and, and, and truth comes out of our absolute fucking nonsense. Uh, how much actually... Fucking rhymes. How, how much... Yes, that too. Um, and um, in all the lines. And how much of it, when you think about it, actually shapes up to be legitimate musical facts. So much so that um, <laughs> noted music journalist that I'm aware of, Michael Azarad, uh, has has stolen so many of them. Oh my god! And it's different Who to when you know we steal um, the questions yeah. of um, Ben Goldstein. Yeah, Ben. Ben Goldstein. I'm going to say Ben Goldstein. He's no, he's the he's the, the author. He's the medical writer um, of. Um, he he exposes a lot of like fads, hoax. Yeah. Diets. And Same things. guy. Ben. That's that's Ben Goldacre. What am I doing? And he also plays. He also uh, Ben Godoyko also plays Roy Kent and Hercules in fucking and Hercules. But but uh, and and, that's why he's so hot. And the thing is, if you listen to all of that that just came out of my mouth, as seemingly as as if without any you know prior thought, there is a very very interesting fact about the musician John Grant. So, so and I think you can find more of that by listening to more of our episodes. If you if you if you love the yeah. show, why not give us a review? You can tell us about it on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod, where we also put out the call for the OG teams. So stay sharp, listeners. Keep those ears peeled out there. and those eyes bleeding, because you don't need them in yep. podcast land. And if if you really love the show and you want to help out the old pools, why not sign up to our Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month or a pound, I forget which which one the, uh, the where we set the currency there. But Whichever one you like. For, for as little as one, for as little as one money. You get hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. of extra content, um, uh, oh, most of which is is really cogent and profound. Um, oh god, some of it's practically coherent. <laughs> some of it's practically yes, and and you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash ogtpod. And uh, why yeah. not check out our D and D podcast, Quest Fantastic? It's like this. Why not? But with someone way more respectable in control. Oh god, I would appreciate that. She's right so now. fucking good and 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 stuff. Ugh. I'm Paul Spectable. I'm so good in stuff, but honestly, no one listens. I just have to go along with it now. Come on, guys. <sighs> Tune in. Blackout. And remember, the one good thing about Southern Manhattan mm. is Adrian Shelley and her absolute ability to just suddenly Manhattan. <laughs>